goes down. Bockwinkle holding on. The Hulk may be losing it. Now he drives both Blears and Bockwinkle into the corner, and Blears is out. He is absolutely out. Bockwinkle isn't in much better shape, nor is Hogan. But Blears is the one who is the worst for wear in the ring now. Again, the sleeper hold by Hulk Hogan from Nick Bockwinkle. And Bockwinkle flips me out of the ring. Or rather, Hogan flips Bockwinkle out of the ring. I beg your pardon. We're at the 20-minute mark. Hogan over talking with Lord Blears. Bockwinkle will come back in with a scoop laid down. He goes. Here comes Hogan. Here is the leg smash. Here is the cover. Here is the count. One, two, three. It's all over. Hulk Hogan has done it. Hulk Hogan is the champion. Hulk Hogan has defeated Nick Bockwinkle. He has the belt. The King! that Hulk Hogan threw Nick Bockwinkle over the top rope. Because of that, the Hulk is disqualified and the belt remains with Nick Bockwinkle. The PWR presents What If? What if John Cena turned heel? What if China became the first woman world heavyweight champion? What if Owen Hart never passed away? What if Magnum TA never got into a car crash? What if Hulk Hogan stayed with the AWA? What if Shawn Michaels signed with WCW? What if WCW won the Monday Night Wars? What if Vince McMahon's WrestleMania failed? What if...
<laughs> it's my evil laugh, Reflectionites. <laughs> it is where the PWR podcast changes wrestling history. We got the crystal ball and we changed the trajectory of wrestling history. I love these what is. But before we always do that, <laughs> my evil laugh. Welcome or welcome to the PWR podcast. At the PWS Networks at Podbeam.com. Shout outs to the Hami Media Group at Podbeam.com. And shout outs to the Big Beetle brand at Wixsite.com. Shout outs to Greenpeace. Shout outs to Phil Scott Wood. I haven't heard from Phil Scott Wood from Jolly Old UK in a long time. Where have you been? Are you hanging it's, out? It's his daughter's birthday today. I've seen it on Facebook. It is. Well, oh, happy It might be, happy it might be yesterday. It might be yesterday in England. Yeah. But yeah well, you know, since it is February, Reflection, that's wink, wink. You know, we're not recording uh-huh. this in January. No, no, no. It's February. So happy belated birthday to Phil Scott Wood's daughter. Oh, oh what a happy days. What's up to Donna Destruction, the man, the myth, the legend? What's up to Michael Davis? What's up to Jack Flipman? What's up to John McHugan? What's up to Demarcus? DeMarco, you know who you are. Every reflection night, the SNX Express, the Pendonas, everybody, you know. And of course, the vet from Next Level Wrestling Podcast with him and Big Ray Hernandez, ex- executive producer extraordinaire. On the Hami Media Group on the YouTube. See, shameless plug, but Big Ray, we got you because we got your back like you got our back. No homo there. But anyway, welcome to BWR Podcast. I am the host with the most. I am the most magnanimous one. I am the most scholarly one. I am the most stupendous one, but most importantly, I am the glorious one. The ever effervescent, the ever oh so grandiose, glorious one. The Professor Jabba Cruz in my evil laugh, in my evil mode. <laughs> and I'm not here alone, changing the trajectory of wrestling history, changing the futures of other wrestlers. I can't do it alone. I can, but you know what? I need someone to bounce off it. Because what I might think could be the greatest future of professional wrestling, I need to bounce off with somebody who might have a different trajectory, a different direction, a different path. You know, I might be Marty. But this here, Reflection Ice, is the Doc Brown, the bald-headed Doc Brown, your friend and mine, dum dum do idiot soon, the conservative liberal, the liberal conservative, Dr. Frickin' Stein himself with the sunglasses out the yin-yang, your friend and mine, the Tommy Wonder, Dr. M.L. Brown, rocking the Cody Rhodes American Nightmare shirt. How are you doing, my friend? I'm doing swell. Except for, hey, in case I haven't said it lately, I uh, hate this state, not because I hate Michigan, not because I hate uh, the people of Michigan, but I hate the weather. And mm-hmm. I'm freezing my ass off. I'm sick of it. And mm-hmm. Travis has been listening to us. He said somebody's praying for us. I didn't know what he meant, but I guess you asked him to. So he's been doing it. Uh, Donna he's, he's, pr- he's praying he for my AirPods. Well, no, he's praying for my AirPods because, you know, he said it. Uh, ah, mm-hmm. gotcha, gotcha. The, the wind tunnel. Yes. Uh, the suit can. What a t- suit can string. Um, Donna Destruction reached out to me right before we recorded to tell me that he watched Macho Man versus Randy Savage retirement match because uh, he had never seen it before. Wait, did, what, it. did you hear what you said? Macho Man versus Randy oh, Savage? Yeah. <laughs> well, head injury. I got a head injury. Did you know that? It's coming up on one year since I cracked this melon. Um, so anyways, uh, 
I'm, I'm talking to other people. Philip Scott Williams on there. I wish, I, did I, I, I think I wish this on a happy birthday. I'm not sure. I might have just loved the, the post uh, because I wasn't sure what day it was over there because I don't know the time zone difference here and there. But uh, Six I, hour hate difference. Being, I hate being cold. Mm-hmm. I envy Big Ray. Big Ray's making the big move to, to the panhandle. I don't know if he's moving to the panhandle, but that's the panhandle state. Uh, that is something that I think about doing someday. Uh, and Ray and his family will be three more people there that give me a reason and a town to choose to move to because I have so many friends that have moved there. Also, JB, who I met while already living there, uh, even though he travels all over the damn world, that guy. He's too busy mm-hmm. to do our show because he's in India. and well, I think he just was, he's, I don't, in, he's in Timbuktu right now. So, you yes, know, he is going yes. everywhere around the world. He's yes. still, he hasn't been the same since... Uh, since the COVID days, when when Keith hit him with the big bounce, what's his mm-hmm. name? Keith, Keith, Lee Keith Lee hit him with the big bounce when he was an extra. So they had audiences for the wrestling, and he flew past that little plastic shield. But but anyways, uh, future wrestling is Cody Rhodes. Now I'm gonna make a prediction right now. Mm-hmm. J- jot it down. Okay. Cody wins the World Heavyweight Championship on WrestleMania weekend, and the reason mm-hmm. I say he's gonna win it is because conventional wisdom, Vince McMahon booking, we are all expecting a Lex Luger, Palace of Auburn Hills, Yokozuna, him. Everyone expecting him to win it, him not, because Vince, ah, I'm not giving him what they want. But he's going to win it, because it's not Vince, even though you think he's taken over uh, now. Um, mm-hmm. The prediction is, what, which WrestleMania is this? Uh, 39. WrestleMania 40 will be CM Punk versus Cody Rhodes for the world title. I'm penciling in there. That's my prediction right that'd now. Be in, that'd be in Philadelphia, so that'd be apropos. So, yeah. That's my – they already, already announced it's going to be in Philadelphia? Mm-hmm. At the, at the Eagles Stadium. There's going to be WrestleMania 40 there. Fucking wow. Eagles. Yeah, well, no, it's, it's kind of funny. You, you say in Philadelphia, you know, CM Punk made some history in Philadelphia. Of course, Cody Rhodes, you know – did his like tours you know his indie tours all over the the country and philadelphia was a good stop to you know ring of honor did philadelphia at the 2300 arena you know religiously there so you know i like the prediction i like the bold prediction you are doing what we're doing with the concept of this show what you are cha- you're yeah. doing a what if you're changing wrestling history you're changing the future for a lot of you know participants but you know like i said that's a bold prediction i think about maybe two people might believe TW's prediction, and everybody else is gonna say you are smoking the the good Kush. And but that's why it's bold, and that's why when it happens, I'm gonna be sitting here going, boom. "Told you so." Just remember, oh, Rick. I'm not the kind of guy to say I told you so, but but whose favorite line is that? That's Bobby Heaton. That's no, Mr. Perfect. That's Heaton and Perfect. They said it Perfect. Both. It's Mr. Perfect's line. Both of them said it at Raw Rumble. Go back to the tapes. But anyway, neither here nor there. Again. Welcome, oh, welcome to, you know, the most, I I think, T.W., we can say this is the most, you know, participant-oriented show because a lot of people have suggested that the professor probably have suggested to you what-if episodes. Big Ray, ex- executive producer extraordinaire, has actually put this on the marquee of our what-ifs, so it was apropos to do it. And the reason I picked this one is... You know, about a week ago, or give it a week and a half ago, Reflectionites, technically, it's the 39th anniversary on the WWE side, TW, 
of Hulkamania being born. It was January 23rd, 1984. But you and I know doing this that Hulkamania was not born in 1984. Hulkamania was born in the AWA in 1982. That's when it spread. That's when it sprouted. Was no, planted, the, planted the, before that. Well, the plant, the seeds were planted, so, but it was born, it was it was nurtured, if you will, TW, in 1982 in Minnesota. It was nurtured in the AWA. It was nurtured by Vern Gagne. It was nurtured by Greg Gagne. It was r- nurtured by you know Hulk Hogan himself. So we, you know, again, we got to give credences to people who put in the effort of the Hulkamanian gimmick, and we have to give the devil its due. It wasn't started by Vince McMahon. A lot of people say that. It was marketed very well by Vince McMahon, but it was started by Hogan. It was started by Greg. It was started by Vern. But again, this what if Reflection Nights goes into the age-old question. Since it started, TW, in 1982, what if Hulkamania stayed in the AWA? And the reason that people will, will ask this question is, TW, do you remember April 24th, 1983? If you don't, that was Super Sunday at the St. Paul Civic Center, where Hogan and Nick Bockwinkle fought for the AWA Heavyweight Championship of the World. Initially, that day was supposed to be the day that Hulkamania actually should have been born officially to the masses, where he should have won the AWA Heavyweight title, and they would have been spearheading, you know, the AWA promotion, that would have been the major leagues of professional wrestling. So we got to start it from there, TW. I want to start at least from April 24th, 1983. We already know the back end of it. Unless, well, you know how you do the back end. You'll talk about the past with, the, you know, with April 24th and into the future. So let me get, I guess, let me do that because we have to at least talk about Hulk Hogan's, let's say the road to get to April 24th, 1983. He was, you know, he was that guitar, you know, player at a Tampa saloon. Bass, bass. He was playing bass. Slapping the bass. Slapping and, of course, the wrestlers from Championship Wrestling from Florida and the, I think it was Mike Graham and all those people, not discovered him, but, of course, you, you can, you know, when you're six foot eight, 300 pounds playing bass at a, at a Tampa Bay saloon, you're going to get noticed. So, you know, Hogan had the itch for the, the celebrity part of the wrestling genre. And, of course, Hiro Matsuda broke his ankle to see if he was committed and had the passport. Hogan did have the passport, but he was toiling around, you know, Tampa. He was toiling around in Memphis with Jerry Lawler's organization. Then he toiled around in the WWWF, late 79, 1980, where Vince McMahon Sr., Reflectionites, only saw Hulk Hogan as maybe a monster, if you will, TW, you know, for, you know, to be eye to eye with Andre the Giant. And of course they had that match in 1980 at Shea Stadium and Hogan slammed him there. And of course, I think uh, Andre won by either count out or disqualification. Don't quote me on that reflection. As I'm just trying to give you a little bit of logistics. He was a little bit frustrated. We know this because he wasn't a main eventer, TW. He was maybe mid-card, lower mid-card. He wasn't the title. Right. He wasn't valued in that sense. He he probably would challenge Bob Backlund for the title a couple of times, maybe at the Spectrum, maybe at the Boston Garden. Of course, Bob Backlund would find some way to win it. So he would he would get that kind of garner. But again, he was frustrated with his positioning. And of course, Sylvester Stallone noticed a six foot eight, 300 pound dude 
and offered him a, a role in Rocky Three to play Thunderlips. He he accepted. Then Senior fired him, and of course, you know, with that kind of momentum that Hogan had, he had to he had a headshot. He had the Thunderlips headshot to take take to the NWA, take to Crockett, to take it back to to take it to St. Louis, to take it to Tampa. He also sent his portfolio to Vern Gagne. He sent his portfolio to Greg Gagne because Greg Gagne fed, you know, the Hulk Hogan train to Vern Gagne. And of course, history is made. Hulk Hogan started up as a bad guy, Reflectionites. Let's not forget this. Let's not get it twisted because Vern saw Hogan the same way like Vern, like Vince Sr., TW. So let's be honest here because Hogan was managed by Johnny Valiant. Then he split away. I can't say this kind of... Uh, Kind of foggy, but what, what we got there? Oh, that's a Hulk Hogan. That's a Thunderlips. That's a that's a collectible. One hundred and forty-five dollars U.S. and the other ones listed for four hundred. Wow. Only two on uh, Amazon. Are you gonna get it? Hell no. Oh, I'm just asking. You know, you know. I saw that shit at the store and didn't buy it. Well, TM Coupon might want to know that to add it to your wall. <laughs> but anyway, he broke away from Johnny Valley, and then you know, Greg. And, you know, Greg, I think to me, T.W., Greg uh, initiated this. He politicked this to his father, Vern, turned Hogan good. And then, of course, the wheels were in motion. Hulkamania was born. And then, you know, he became the, the number one contender to Nick Bockwinkle. And, of course, you know, that was a great storyline where he had to fight off, fight everybody in the Heaney family just to get the title shot. So now I gave you the logistics. So let me ask you this, T.W., with, with this. Now we get to April 24th, 1983. I think the greatest what-if scenario here, T.W., is saying that the only way that Hulkamania would stay in the AWA, in my opinion, would be that Vern would, how would I say this right, relieve his power, his, his power of operations of the American Wrestling Association and give it over to Greg Gagne, just like maybe Greg had to, just like Vince Jr. bought the company from Vince Sr., Greg Gagne needed to do the same thing to his father. He had to buy the AWA from Vern Gagne, so this way he and Hogan could partner up and make the AWA the major league of professional wrestling in the 80s. What say you, TW, about that? So, no, that's the only what if that would work. I, I would that. say you're absolutely right. I didn't know there was that situation in the AWA because Greg Gagne, as a wrestler, always just, he really wasn't in the thick of anything. Maybe the tag belts with 97 mm -hmm. different tag partners, but, but he didn't seem like he was the business side of it. You know what I mean? He, but one thing I will say, and I'm pretty sure he was in WCW. Greg Gagne as a speaking role, like uh, no, he was actually like an agent slash television producer. For no, no, WCW. no. But I'm saying, but like at some point, I saw him talk on the WCW, whether it was Slamboree or something like that, where he was. Uh, oh, probably like a like a little comment commentator like for Slamboree commentary. Yeah, because yeah. they were honoring Vern or honoring mm -hmm. AWA or whatever the case. Yeah. Maybe when Larry got there, mm -hmm. but I will say, Greg always when. And even when I see him in documentaries, he always came off as he knew what day, it, what time it was, right? Like he he had a pulse on the world. So what I was well prepared to say to you was, if the AWA said it last week when we talked about doing this show, if Hogan stayed in the AWA, half this room wouldn't exist because it wouldn't have become what it became. And 
all of this is a byproduct of Hulkamania, and what you needed was Vince. But mm -hmm. maybe if Greg would have got the opportunity, Greg would have got it because it was Vince Senior. Like I always forget that he got fired for doing the Rocky thing, right? Mm -hmm. um, so, but Vince Junior saw it as like, no, 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 we want that. We want him there. That's gonna. There's gonna be asses and seats looking at this guy. You know, as a heel, they probably didn't like him as a heel, but that's what he was. You know what I mean at the time, right? Um, mm -hmm. But and it, like you're, like you're saying, Thunder Thunderlips was the ultimate heel, and that would have worked maybe for Vince Jr. He's like, oh my God, this is the ultimate heel of wrestling in a number one movie in America with Rocky right. Three. I need that back for the WWF. So go ahead. But, I'm sorry, but the, but the big difference between the two is, and this always comes back to why Carrie, Kevin, David. <laughs> Or Michael had all the belts in world class. Why Jarrett had belts in wherever his dad was promoting, or Lawler had it. Trust. Vern mm -hmm. did not trust anybody other than Greg, right? Right. Or Vince his son-in-laws. Or his son-in-laws. Vince didn't that. have that. Vince mm -hmm. didn't have that. There was no son. Shane didn't come around for another couple decades, uh, at least ten or you know ten years, not ten decades. Um, mm -hmm. So Vince had it. Vince just had to find someone he trusted, who trusted him. And I, I just, mm -hmm. I just think you can't, you can't do it without those two together. You can't. Just like the NWO does not work without Eric Bischoff, even if he just got lucky. Him being there had to be part of it. You know right. what I mean? Even if it yeah. got fucking watered down, who's to say it wouldn't have got watered down in WWE? I mean, after a while, DX went away. After a while, Evolution went away. After a while, uh, what's that other one with the, the Legacy? Is that what's that air called? Legacy? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Cody and, and because they don't stick with the ministry went away, the corporation. So NWO would have went away a lot quicker probably in WWE than it got watered down there. But mm -hmm. who knows? But I, I think now that you threw that little spark in there, if Greg would have got the uh, controls of the rocket ship, Maybe it goes up instead of down because that was probably the beginning of the end of the AWA was the birth of Hulkamania in WWF. A absolutely. That's the way that's the way the what if scenario reflection is, to me only works. I mean, visually, again, either the, the scenario would be Greg becomes like Vince, Vince Jr., like I said, by the company or the second scenario is Vern, like you said, the trust factor. Bird would actually have to trust Greg's vision. Bird would actually have to take Burns, you know, initiatives, his suggestions about what is going on in, in wrestling in the 80s. Greg, they've always said in the documentaries, Greg had an eye to a degree. I'm not saying he's like Vince Jr. with, you know, the promotions, the marketing and the sizzle. He'll but probably Greg, say he was. Well, I, maybe he'll say it, but I think Greg had a had a vision for where wrestling was going. He he knew that what Vince Jr. was doing, he had to do it. Vern was, you know, dead set against it. He wanted the sport, the pure sport reflection. I, I get that, but we're not doing that. This is what what if is. So let's you and I in agreement. Let's say Greg has taken the reins, and of course Hulkamania is born. We got now. It's a funny thing because now. Remember, T.W., with Hulkamania leaving, because we have to combine two entities, the realness and then what we're going to do. What happened in the first wave? The WWF's expansion coincided, T, 
taking most most of the roster from the AWA. It was Hogan, Heenan, Ventura, Tito, Brunzel, Mean Gene Oakland. That first wave left because Hogan left. So that's right. funny. So now with the what if scenario, if Greg has the power or Greg and Vern are seeing the light and saying, you know what? You're right. Let's trust this guy. Let's see where he takes us. Those people don't leave. Right. They're on because, board. Because they're on board with the AWA. And as everybody knows, Reflectionize, we, you and I have said this. Everybody wants to be in a, on a Hulk Hogan marquee card because why? You get Drew. paid. Yeah, you drew. get you drew and you got a bigger payday. So what say you about the first way of people actually staying in the AWA and not going to the WWF, even if Vince McMahon was going to offer you that money, knowing what Hogan's drawing power was? Well, the writing was on the wall once he left. If he's there, I, I still have a hard time believing he's going to draw there the way he drew with with. Uh, well, remember this is what Vince. if so we have no because, no. But that said, mm -hmm. I remember as a kid who didn't even get to watch the AWA, I only knew about it in magazines. I knew about Wrestle Rock. So they, mm -hmm. they absolutely tried to do a rock. And I think Wrestle Rock 1 is before WrestleMania, isn't it? No, Wrestle Rock was in 1986. Okay, so fine. So they copied them. Mm -hmm. Which, again, kind of messes us up because maybe they don't do it if they didn't see the model. That So there's there's we, we talked about this before. People have always thought that Fritz, Fritz had the, 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 the what's the word, the desire, uh, he the had passion. the want, mm -hmm. the desire to go global, but didn't know how. They okay. say Vern was the best production, like AWA production was top notch, but he didn't. No, have, no, no. Vern had the best. No, no, no. Vern, no. Fritz had the production. I know where you're going with this. Okay. Vern had the connections. He had right, the no, no, business saying, connections. But he Vern, had the business Vern, networking Vern connections. Vern didn't have the desire to go global. Vern was fine being territorial. Fritz mm -hmm. wanted to go, and and they said like, yeah, I guess. It no, was no. This. It was it was his sons. It was it, no. I know where you're going with this, but it was Carrie and Kevin and David. They wanted to go global. Fritz okay. was the same mindset, just like right. Vern. But they but were Fritz's stuck in that production. Was, yeah. was second to none. Like mm -hmm. I remember seeing the intro for World Class, and they had a cartoon for the Von Erichs. So he had all that wrestling, rock and wrestling stuff. Modern Day Warrior was Kerry Von Erich's song because it was just his name. And they had Rush, and the Freebirds came out to music that they wrote wrote themselves. They had their own. So he he had all the stuff that Vince either nicked or or borrowed or built on. He but, had you know, it, Vince but he didn't stole. have Vince. Vince he, stole it. You know this, <laughs> right? But I'm saying Vince also created his shit too. That's not just say, "Hey, man, Pat Patterson created Royal Rumble. It's my favorite event, and that yeah. originated there." So no one else. I've seen a million knockoffs. I've been live for AEW for their little knockoff of it. Uh, the, okay. The, the, the I know. I know. Royale. I know. I know. Uh, anyway, keep going. Keep going. Anyway, uh, listen, man. I say that as I sit here every day, afraid of what's coming. With Vince being back, I I hope he stays the hell away because all the rumors that I hear, it, it sounds like a bitter, angry son of a bitch who wants his kids to suffer, and I don't like it. it that's my that's my childhood. That's my shit. That's half my adulthood too. More than well, if you, if you saw if you saw Succession on HBO, you already know what's going to happen. That's what the way it is. So so Fritz had the had the shit in his pocket, but didn't have the desire to to spread. Vern mm -hmm. had a desire to spread either to Greg or him, but didn't have 
the production. AWA always did look kind of primitive, it, but it looked like sport. So, I mm -hmm. mean, pick your poison. He wanted it to be sport. It came off like sport. Didn't have the pomp and circumstance. Not shot to Macho Man. Uh, didn't have the, the glitz and glamour, right? And then by mm -hmm. the time they went to do it, they didn't have the guys to pull it off because everyone left. Because you just listed those five guys. Adrian Adonis also went. I think Bob Orton was there. Uh, if he wasn't, then... well, Bob Orton was the Crockett's, but that was okay, Vince's so expansion of other players. Yeah, yeah. So it was JYD and Piper. So all them were coming from the Crockett's at the same time. These guys are coming, but he cleaned the AWA out, man. Like, yeah. And it wasn't long before the Minnesota Wrecking Crew were there as the Beverly Brothers. I know they were in fucking WCW first, but but it just seemed like it was too late. They were just it was the it was the ripple effect. I understand yeah. where you're going with it. Was the yeah. Mr. Perfect then, came to then, uh, WWF? Mr. I'm just gonna hold my figure up again. Like once they mm -hmm. lost him, it was a wrap. But I will say this: Hogan stays. I don't think he gets a six-year title run, right? Mm -hmm. But I don't think Mr. Perfect ever becomes AWA World Champion. I think everyone that got held back in WWF and then six years that that Hogan was champion, but like the Tito's and the mm -hmm. Uh, who else? I don't think Rick Martel was a babyface during that in, time. In AWA, yes, he was a babyface. No, 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 no. I'm saying w, WWF. I'm talking about like Rick Rude, oh. Mr. Perfect. All these guys were heels. They never got the belt because uh, mm -hmm. Hogan never lost it, right? Right. Now it's a fucking hot potato. Everybody's held it. It's not that big a deal. But I think I think the way Byrne books, I think it, it's more like Ric Flair where Hogan's going to have it and drop it once a year and then win it back. Okay, so you're going with the Vern issue. This is why I'm going with the Greg thing. I think right. Greg sees the marketing, and I think Greg, I think Greg see... wants to keep one guy champion for six years. No, no, no. I'm, hmm, why not? I mean, if, if let's just say you say it's a trust thing. Grill is in no, the hunt. No, but again, the way they booked it, Vern was the ultimate champion. Vern right. was the ultimate ten. You know, he was that, ten times champion. Number two. There's but then to protect Burns record, you can say that again. But let me just say this in this in the six year run. How about this? Let's say Hogan has a six year run with AW. Hypothetically, it's not a six straight year run, but it could be maybe a four or five time. That's what I'm saying. You know, yeah, he, he could would, do that. He would win it and lose it every year like yeah. Flair did. That's because again, from. the cast of characters, TW, we have to look but at it. But it would have been way. to Stan Hansen. It would have been to Bruiser Brody. It would have been to Monsters. It wouldn't be to Kurt Hennig, who was even smaller there and, and okay. had no charisma. When I was watching the Survivor Series that I watched, mm -hmm. the the one that uh, there was like a few guys made their debut at that Survivor Series, and I think Mr. Perfect was one of them. He came out in the AWA look. He didn't even have the singlet. He had mm -hmm. the black tights with the white boots and the black knee pads and just looked generic as shit. And then when he became the singlet where he had, like, the powder blue, the orange mixed with the black. Hold on, for, hold on for a second because I want to give you the Hogan reign. But I want to I give you my reasoning because in the documentary, if you remember this, Greg Gagne said something that was very pre prevalent to our discussion here. Because this is a what if. If Hogan stayed and challenged Nick Bockwinkle and, you know, did the tours and then finally got the belt maybe in 84, give or take. Right. And Hogan May would have been born then. Greg Gagne said that Byrne was uh, negotiating with CBS. And that was the number one television network in the 80s. You know, they had right. Dallas, all Dallas. in the family yeah. and all that stuff. Not so saying. they were going to get a one 
our special primetime Saturday slot. Not a not Saturday night's main event slot like Vince did in in '85. Right. He was going to get an 8 p.m. slot. That so, was a Saturday night's main event. He got it. Uh, Buster no, Douglas won. No, 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 no. But he was going to get it a prime time 8 right. p.m. Saturday night. Live. Right. And well, who knows? But he was getting he was going to get a CBS deal if Hogan stayed and Hogan left. So let's just say this. Hogan stays Saturday night's main event. AWA style premieres at 8 p.m. Would you imagine the buy rate then? They would eclipse what he he and Andre the Giant did in the main event '88. Right. He would have doubled it. It would have probably been a 50 share in, in in comparison to the 30 share that he got with Andre the Giant. I forget the the actual number for reflection nights. Tia Coupon, correct me if I'm wrong with the main event numbers. That's your job. But anyway, neither here nor there. But again, you got you get the hypotheticals that I'm talking about. TW, if CBS got Hogan versus Bockwinkle in 1984, Saturday night's main event, AWA. What say you about the landscape of the AWA? Because then it would be national. Then they would get the, I don't, I won't say the USA deal, but you get where I'm going. They would get another cable deal. I think they would be, their infrastructure and their promotion would go a different direction. They would get more national closed circuit deals. They would venture to say they would do what Vince McMahon did by 87 and get a pay-per-view deal with a view, viewer on, you know, viewer on demand. What say UTW about that? If and they the got PS, the CBS Their deal. ESPN relationship would have began earlier. They would have probably been there sooner. Um, mm, there you go. It would have it would have killed Capital Combat, whatever that, whatever that, that lead up was that that one CBS show they had. For WCW, when Robocop was was there, where Sting tore his knee on that cage trying to oh, climb was, the cage. Oh, that was 1990, man. Right, but it yeah. would have never happened well, because right. because the relationship would have been set with AWA. Oh, oh yeah, you keep saying that. I've never seen it. I'm, Jesus what? Christ, that, that's your Mandela effect with the WCW thing and CBS. I've never seen it. No, they, dude, they did the whole thing. Connie Chung, there was a. So there was a show. It was an hour long. I think mm-hmm. it was Luger versus Flair in a cage. And the horseman got in there. Sting ran out to save him. And when he climbed the cage, he slipped and he tore his patella. And he was out for a year. That's why Luger won the belt when he won it. But uh, mm-hmm. um, but the uh, no, no but I get I, I get what Sting came I, back and won it. That was when Sting came back. But Luger became the face. But what I'm saying is, you don't see WCW specials on NBC because I'm talking about during the Monday Night Wars because they already had the relationship. With Vince, so mm-hmm. they're loyal to him. So if Vern gets this CW or CBS deal, then WCW doesn't get it. WCW has to go somewhere else if they're even still around. Or even WWF doesn't get a deal with NBC. Right. WWF, right. all well, that stuff because they already had it, didn't they? Oh yeah, well they got it because of Hogan, no, the Rock and Wrestling. Yeah, yeah. You're right. So, but here's the thing: that would have been the telltale <laughs> moment. If CBS draws, AWA and Hulkamania are off to the races. If it doesn't, it's wah wah. It's over. It's over for wrestling. Or, or well, over for wrestling in a sense that it wouldn't go national. It wouldn't go worldwide. It would right, stay in the, in its regional territories. I think but, the best thing Vince did was MTV, which is, I don't know if it was owned by CBS then. It is now. But by mm-hmm. going MTV, it's baby steps. They see the buzz that they got from it, and that led to NBC. That led to... Uh, you know, ESPN covering it, Sports Illustrated covering it, 
Hulk Hogan is the only wrestler ever to be on Sports Illustrated, and at one time he was the only person to ever be on it twice. Right. No one so had that, ever been on the cover twice besides Hogan. So with all that momentum that Vern and Greg are, you know, appreciating Hogan because he's with the AWA belt, he's with the AWA banner. To us, reflectionized CBS would would capitalize. CBS would. And a AWA TW, you agree, would cash in on this. Where AWA be, would become the monster, I think they would not try to take New York per se, but they would. They would. They would actually have de facto. <laughs> no, no, they, they would compete with this. You know, again, I think again, Greg and Vern would be a little territorial first, but of course, because they have Hulk Hogan. You know, I think Greg would would nudge Vern to say, "We got a book, Nassau Coliseum. We got a book. You know, the Meadowlands. They can't do Madison Square Garden. I still respect that kind of logic, reflection. Right. Don't get me right. wrong; they can't perform there. But of right. course, Hogan would would sell out the Nassau Coliseum, or put this AWA. I think to me, TW, they did stadium shows at Comiskey Park, right, for Super Clash '85. I bet you money. This is my what ifs, TW. And follow me here. This with Hogan being the AWA champion, their super, guess where Super Clash would have been? Yankee Stadium. You got it. That's <laughs> you and I are right there because they can't yeah. do Madison Square Garden, but they would do that to just shut Vince up and say we could we could get fifty thousand in Yankee Stadium on a hot August night. Hogan defending the belt against hmm. Let's see, Andre the Giant. 1985 Super Clash one would have been the main event. Reflection, I'm booking that because guess what? Andre was he was an attraction. He was the national. He was the territorial attraction. Would you have had him as a heel or baby versus baby? I think it would have been more. He's coming into the territory. He's coming into the AWA. You, how would you book it? You would book him well, as the purposely babyface. Andre was purposely kept away from titles. Because mm -hmm. if he wins one, he has to lose it. And right. so that's why he was kept away from him. So if he comes in, he, he has to win. And if he doesn't, there goes the attraction. Okay. So, ooh, that would have been he would Hogan would have lost one of his reigns to and Andre never, in Minnesota. Yeah. Then you build it, it towards back. yeah. Then you build it to Super Clash one in Yankee State. Damn, I'm getting mad because I would I would have wanted to go in eighty five with I would have asked my father for that. You What's and I are right there. Push the hmm? stroller, Dad. I want to go. Dude, I'm eight years old in 85. I would have been right there in the cheap <laughs> seats watching Hogan slam Andre in Yankee Stadium, Super Clash 1, and becoming a two-time AWA champion. How would you – How would? do you like that book? And you, you like that scenario, right? It, it would work right there. Uh, uh, Andre in his better shape? Of course I would. Yeah. Well, well, 87, I guess he's just as broken. I'm thinking for some reason Andre was later. But, yeah – I don't know, man, because see, that's where I think I think Hogan also had some say, and Andre's his buddy. You know what I mean? I figure like well, he I, always I, respected I, Boss. He always called him Boss. So yeah, you know, I I could see him having him be with him. I wonder if they're friends with the. How the fuck did he become friends with the Nasty Boys? Well, Was it after yeah. they came back when him and Beefcake were teaming or something? No, they, they, again, it's the Florida connection. Oh, they so were friends way before. Yeah, it's always it the took Florida. Took the Nasty game. Boys that long to get the WWF? Yeah, they 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 toiled. You could say no, but no, they they became friends. Maybe they became friends with Hogan in '91 because Hogan was still there. 
But right. Nasty Boys were paying their dues in the AWA and Memphis and yada, right. yada, yada. And then they worked their way up there, and then they just kept in the ear of Hogan. But anyway, let you imagine? What was the secondary belt in the AWA? I don't remember one. Was there a TV champion? Technically, in 85, you're saying, or just in general? Ever. Okay, in 85, it was the America's Championship where Sergeant Slaughter had that. Okay. Then in, then in 87, Rock and roll the Buck I Zumhoff would be the American champion. Hell no, man. Ain't, <laughs> we ain't doing that. No, 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 no. You're eight no. years old. He would have liked you. I, I give him to you. You're 13. You're in the primary. I'm fighting him. You're, you're laying you're, down. You're I'm in fighting. puberty. I'm a little bit too young for him. That's the difference. But anyway, it was the America's Championship in 85, and in 87 was the TV Championship because Greg Gagne was that, the international TV title. But Damn, I'm, I'm already booking Hogan with having the belt. He's already a two-time champion. And I'm, like, so excited because Super Clash would have been in Yankee Stadium. But anyway, neither here nor there. I'm already, like, giddy around this reflection. I said, forgive me. But then let me backtrack on the logistics, TW, because this works too much. So let's go with this scenario because, again, what happened in 1985? There was a technically a working relationship with the NWA. Uh what was Power Pro USA? You remember the Pro No Pro Wrestling USA, where they merged the talents of the NWA, merged the talents of the AWA and NWA per, per se. They never kind of like did AWA champion versus NWA champion unless it was oh, no. like in Japan. No, no, no unless it was Archel in Japan. Flair, best of three. But that was in Japan. That was in Japan. Okay. They didn't do it in America. So now this is this is where I'm going, TW. Again, you either have Starcade. Or you do an AWA Vern Gagne event. Where, who has the drawing power? Who has the leverage for Hogan? Damn, you would have had Hogan and Flair, AWA champion versus NWA champion in the States. Let's say, how would you have booked that scenario with the Pro Wrestling USA? I, I am going to tell you, this is another ripple effect. The okay. reason they formed that partnership is because of Vince kicking everybody's yeah. ass. So the mm -hmm. merge would have been WWF and WCW or NWA and mm -hmm. It would have worked out better because it would have been north and south, and they would have had the entire East Coast locked down to take mm -hmm. out Minnesota. But right. the reason it didn't work well with the NWA and AWA is because you had the South over here, and then this cold ass Minnesota, or the Midwest, Dakota, yeah, you know, the Midwest, Wisconsin. It was nowhere, you know, nowhere zone. But if you got New York and you got Atlanta and you got Florida and you got Carolina and you got Philadelphia and Boston. It's a mm -hmm. wrap. The AWA's reign has ended quick. If they can find someone to counter-program uh, Hogan, which it's not going to be Ric Flair. I think this changes Ric Flair's career because mm. Vince would be like, fuck that. We're going to make uh, Barry Windham the guy. Who, whoever was a big guy at the time. Barry Windham was skinny, but he was tall. Dude, uh, w w WWF would have been in trouble because they didn't have anybody to market. But they would have found one. And that's why they would have worked with the NWA to make one big giant – you know, conglomerate, conglomerate to take on the uh, AWA effect. AWA. Yep. Okay. So then the power, I guess, Pro Wrestling USA reflection in TW was on. Hey, guess what? what? It still would have been Flair and Martell because Martell would have been run out of there because of Hogan and Martell would have been over, been the baby face. And they would have pushed him because he was barrel chested, kind of a big dude. And they have Hamilton, Ontario, Toronto, and, and mm -hmm. all that stuff. Right off New York, you come up into Hamilton from there. So they would have pushed Martel with the Canadian part. So, I so, think so. Then, so then, in your essence, Vince would have tried to poach more of NWA. He would maybe take poach the guys who weren't happy being from in the, the Bill Watts people. 
and then try to create his uh, connections or his uh, nationwide expansion downward instead of the Midwest to San Francisco, right. where AWA would have had that market. That's what you're trying yep. to say. Okay, so they would have went straight up and down the eastern seaboard and made just a tidal wave that then just went west. Okay, so so let me ask you this question now because we're not booking because we're not booking right now. I want to go with your theory here. So basically, you're saying that neither the A I'm, I'm I don't want to put words in your mouth, but anyway, neither the AWA, WWF, even with Vince Jr. or the NWA Crockett's. None of them would have went national. They would have just stayed territorial with big TV deals or what say? No, you? no, no, no. The AWA would have been the one, like you said, go, trying to get in, invading New York. Okay. Atlanta's next, right? Okay. But before they can do that, the writing's on the wall for these other two. They got to come together and book something huge. They, mm -hmm. their, their show has to be the draw to counter Hogan, who's okay. their draw. You know what I mean? Right. Like okay. the, the ironic battle... It's, which back then it wouldn't have been that big a deal because what year did well I guess it would have been a big deal because it would have been 20 years later when WWF left the NWA because they were mad about Buddy Rogers or they took Buddy Rogers with them but they were mad about the NWA booking committee and they separated so it would have been the coming together again Mm -hmm. Too bad. Well, Vince Senior broke away from the NWA uh, syndicate in 63 to start the right. Worldwide Wrestling Federation. About 21 years later, Vince Jr. mends fences and makes everybody one big happy family again. No, he wouldn't. He, he is a He would have if AWA was run in New York. I'm just saying, uh, he's a cutthroat son of. You know, the the thing that didn't He'd work. He'd have turned on him. He'd have turned on right, him. Right, that's what I'm out. saying, but. Again, we, we know where because in the real life, let, let's let's go back into the reality right now. Pro Wrestling USA didn't work because Vern didn't trust Crockett, vice versa. Both sides wanted to steal Earth each other's talent. No right. So, again, with your scenario about WWF and then NWA doing their Pro Wrestling USA, Vince would try to poach. NWA, Crockett would try to poach WWF and vice versa. So, again, it wouldn't work because then, like you said... Hogan is the draw. Hogan is on CBS. Maybe Hogan's maybe Hogan's on MTV. Maybe because, like you said, that's the, that's the ripple effect there. CBS, MTV. He's got now AWA's got the cable. I wouldn't say they'd be it'd be too expensive because this it's not a TV deal, CW. So you're buying time. So it's too expensive for Vern just yet to buy time in CBS, to buy time in MTV, and then to buy time in ESPN. But again. He had. This is why Vern might have might have been more, let's just say, uh, conniving, but more smart about it. Because again, what was Vern's advantage more than a lot of people recognize? The business connections, the TV connection. That's why he had the ESPN deal for a couple of years. That's why he got. The, he would almost had the CBS deal if Hogan stayed. So let's go with this another scenario. Because again, we talked about. A couple of minutes ago, the ripple effect when Hogan left the first wave. Let's think about the people that's that came around that that would the roster that Hogan would have had to face. You kind of said it, Bruiser Brody. He would have faced Bruiser. He would have faced uh, Stan Hansen. He would have maybe faced Sergeant. The axe. I actually would say he wouldn't have faced Sergeant Slaughter. I don't think Sergeant Slaughter would have came to the AWA. He would have stayed in WWF. That would have been Vince's guy. <laughs> that would have been Vince's guy. He would have been the WWF champion, American made, and all that stuff. So we wouldn't get Hogan against Slaughter at all. So 
let's just see, Crusher, Jerry Blackwell, Ventura would have stayed. So what, what say you about, what would have been- Adonis, what would have been Hogan's greatest rivalry? Would it have just been the Heenan Bruiser. family staying? It would have been Bruiser. But then again, Bruiser is a baby face, wasn't he? No, he, in AWA, he wasn't Bruiser Brody. He was King Kong Brody. He was the man. Face? No, he was a heel. He was managed oh. by uh, Skandar Akbar. Then it would have been Hogan and Bruiser and Stan. Okay, so basically Hogan would have fought Blackwell the Blackwell would have been his hillbilly gym. It would have been his buddy. Well, you, you're, you're dissing Crusher Blackwell. He was a heel, too. He was he was an Iraqi sympathizer yeah, first. Yeah. yeah. Well, a lot of guys were heels, and then Hogan made them baby faces. I'm just saying. I'm, I'm just trying to give Look you the logistics. Look at his logistic. first Survivor Series team, dude. Billy Graham, Don Morocco, and Ken Patera are his partners. Think, think about it this way, T.W. And Bam Bam. Well, now now we're really booking. Now we're reaching. We don't know yet. I'm just saying, like, in no, the no, early. No, no, his first no, no, no. Wait, 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 team wait. were all heels. Hold on, hold up, hold up. In the early 80s, Hogan thwarted the Heenan family, and initially it was Bobby Duncan Sr., Ken Patera, Nick Bockwinkle, and Crippler Stevens. I remember that vividly. So Bobby Heenan is technically staying in the AWA because Hogan's there. So think about the cast of characters that Heenan could have brought in. Maybe Big Scott Hall could have, you know, got a face, you know, a, a career change. Maybe he would have fought Hulk Hogan. What, what say you about? Or he would have been his right hand man. He's got to have his right hand man. He's got to have his snooker and his hillbilly and his Orndorff. So again, you're, you're thinking because of Hogan, a lot of people that were in the WWF would have stayed in the AWA or maybe just, uh, you know, defected to the AWA. I yeah. think Burns Rock would have been there because BK was his boy from Florida. Mm -hmm. They've been friends since the jump. Um, they were butt buddies. Yes, we know this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They swapped, mm -hmm. but uh, yeah. Only gave you on the bottom and no eye contact. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh but, but yeah, I don't know that. I think I don't know that Hillbilly Jim is there. I'm saying mm -hmm. someone like Crusher Backwell is going to be someone kid friendly. Like you know what I mean? Like he's got to surround themselves with with guys that save him. All right. The reason I disagree with you, and then I, I need you to defend this because what you're saying is more of the Vince logic of marketing, kid friendly. I the think problem. Vern, Vern and Greg are not marketing kid friendly. I think Vern and no, 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 Greg, no, 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 that's not what no, I mean. no, no. Let me just say this: I think Vern and Greg are gonna market for the eighteen to thirty-four year old men. They're not gonna do kid, but they're gonna keep Hogan in that hierarchy and market him as the as the man. Maybe in that, let's just say, like in the well, then that's, like that's, NBA, the half Michael the reason Hulkamania did what it did is because of kids. Okay. So if you if you exclude them, then you're done. You're dead in the water. Okay. Again, that's but a scenario. I don't that mean. I don't mean he needs his hillbilly jam and his Jimmy stuff. I don't mean it like he needs kid friendly people. I mean he needs friends. So when the Heenan family's whooping his ass, someone comes and saves him. There's nothing mm -hmm. sadder than a baby face that no one saves him. Right? Like well, what about this, the past, this past weekend, Kevin Owens is getting his ass beat. No one come out and saved him. Well, it made sense because he's been a heel for most of his time in the Fed. And now he's finally a baby face, and his only buddy is the guy that's with the, the guys that are kicking his ass. And then he ended up being the one to help him. It made perfect sense. But if Hogan's your guy, mm -hmm. and he's getting his ass beat by 17 Bobby Heenan dudes, someone has to save him so it looks like people like him. Otherwise, it looks like people don't like him. So he's nope. got to have a snooker. He's got to And it doesn't necessarily need to be snooker. I'm saying Scott Hall would be one of them. Because they're, mm -hmm. they're, they, they also need this. They need tag matches, so he needs a partner. 
But they um, also need somebody in case you got hurt. Okay. Because if he's hurt and he's your only baby face, and guess what? What is it? Just fucking NWO time? The heels just beat everybody? You need you need a second and third guy that are Hogan's dudes, where Hogan could be in their corner when they take on the Heenan family or rescue them when they're getting jumped by three guys. You have to have his his crew. Okay. But and Mr. Again, T comes there, probably comes there instead of there because he met him on the A-team, but I don't know if that was a WWE booking or if he booked it himself. I, I think that was a WWE, Vince McMahon, you know. Because of NBC. You, because of NBC, because of MTV. So Larry Again, Hagman would have been. Maybe the – See, this is where the quandary is, Reflection. And this is a good what if because, again, the question is, does Hogan's drawing power still makes AWA international? You and I kind of agree because the perfect merger is always Hogan and Vince because Hogan's the guy in the ring to do what he has to do. But Vince is the marketing genius knowing where he needs to be. He needs to be on Regis and, and Kathy Lee. He needs to be on Johnny Carson. He needs to be on A-Team. He needs to be at the at the Grammys presenting an award. You and I are on that same boat. Again, with the logic, I'm, I'm, not, I'm trying to be realistic here. I think Greg would do it if he was given the reins, but Vern is still the stickler of tradition. So that's where the maybe they would butt heads on the logic and the philosophy. That's why I think it, it would kind of take a longer time for the national – or maybe worldwide expansion. Do you agree where I'm going with this, or you you, you think I'm well, I'm not? What what would happen? This I don't think it would take as long as you think, because I think what would happen is if their if their fan base picks up and they're selling out bigger venues, and that means there's more people coming there. Those people are going to be kids. Okay. It's going to be dad. I want to see this guy with you. And he, you sure you want to go to a pro? My dad used to take me to wrestling at Cobra Hall. Man, that shit was no place for a kid. But he took mm -hmm. my ass there. And that wasn't even planted the seed for me. I already told you the story how I became a wrestling fan. It was just because some girl brought a wrestling magazine to school and took the attention away from the class clown. So I came in the next day with two magazines. And somewhere along the way, I became a fan. But it had nothing to do with my dad taking me there. But right. if a kid sees Hulk Hogan, half the reason, like, I, I've said this to you before. You know, you know a lot of wrestlers today, like, from my era up, which my era is fucking 25 years ago. But, but people, I'm in that era, too. People, no, I'm saying today's era is not obviously our era, but right. mm -hmm. it, it still rings true today. Today, I think it's actually slightly different. But the thing that people my age and your age have in common up until about 15 years ago when the new generation come around, and even them, they still have it in common, is comic books. We all mm -hmm. love comic books, and then when we see wrestlers, they look like fucking superheroes to us, right? Mm -hmm. That's dying because, A, comic books are dying, and AEW wrestlers and some of these WWE guys, they don't look larger than life. You know, I think Hangman Page has that look. I think uh, obviously Wardlow has that look. They the look like they look, look like, like YouTube. No, nah, today's wrestlers are like YouTubers and like TikTok yes. stars. And, but so that's they don't... what they have in common is right. fucking comic books, video mm -hmm. games, and fucking Pokemon. And they all talk about them on the fucking YouTube. That's but that's the tie that binds. Oh, oh and by the way, wrestling. They have that in common, and mm -hmm. and that's good. That's good. So when a little kid is seeing his dad watch wrestling, that's actually what happened to me. I brought the magazine to school. I had no idea how to fucking watch wrestling or where I could watch it. Sorry, Travis. But one mm -hmm. Saturday night, my stepdad and his friend were watching. This is the first wrestling I've ever seen in my life. They're watching Superstars when it came on at 7 o'clock at night before the 8 o'clock primetime hour started. And it was the episode where John Studd and Heenan cut Andre the Giant's hair. 
They tied him in the ropes and cut his hair. That's the mm-hmm. first shit I ever seen on wrestling. And then a week later, it went to Saturday mornings, and I watched it every Saturday from that point on, Saturday and Sunday. But right. that was my my stepdad watching wrestling on TV, and me seeing it is what caught my eye to, oh, so this is when this comes on? So a kid seeing his dad watch Hulk Hogan is going to be like, Hulk Hogan's different, man. He He's next level. Like, now we see him, like he just did that Raw. It, it's a, He's a character of himself, obviously, 40 years later. But when we're kids and that shit's new, that's mm-hmm. next. There's the only... That's next level. There's that's two next other level. guys that I think are on par with him in their own unique way. They, I'm not saying they're as good as him. I'm not saying they're not as good as him. Ric mm-hmm. Flair was a good braggadocious guy. Hogan mm-hmm. was just... He was a good... Larger than life guy. Like, it didn't even matter what he was saying. It was, he just, brother, the way he said it, the way he looked. When he, that The visual thing, and the, the verbal right, combined. Right. And, and yes. Flair had that with the rope, but Flair was more make you hate him. Hogan was made you love him. And do you know who the two guys who I think are on par with him? You have to know. The Rock? No, no, he's more like Ric Flair. He Austin? was more braggadocious. Austin? No, you're going way too far. Too far ahead, or yeah. give me a year. What decade? This, that's Hogan's era. Oh, oh, Hogan's era? Dusty? Dusty's good, but he's more like Austin. Okay, well, I can I'm only think I'm talking straight up, just larger than life. Whatever they're saying, you're just glued to it. Warrior? It's Hogan, Warrior, and Savage. Those are your three where mm-hmm. they could fucking speak gibberish. They could read a phone book, and that's what I mean by that. Dusty had solid words. Austin mm-hmm. Rock, Flair had solid words. Hogan, Warrior, and Savage, you have no fucking clue what they're talking about. And I'd put Hawk in there, too. Road Warrior Hawk had that, where he'd okay. be like, but he just was short. But it worked because Animal would say something like Silent Bob, just out of nowhere, he'd say something monumental, and then Hawk would be like, yeah, whatever. And you were just like, oh, shit, I hope he likes me. I don't want to fight that guy, you know what I mean? But Hogan... Macho Man and Warrior, to me, are the three guys who, it didn't matter what they were saying, you were on board. You were on their team. Okay. Let's, we're almost out of time, Reflection Night, so I'm going to close this with two questions, T.W., so I'm going to ask you two questions here. Part A, how long does Hulkamania last in the AWA in comparison to the WWE? Because, again, with WWE, they've been celebrating it for almost 40 years straight. Even when Hogan you know, took his hiatus to WCW, you still knew about Hulkamania no matter what. How long do you think it would last? I have two answers. Okay. If the same people that came to WWF came there instead, at least as long. And, and I mean at least as long as it's dead by 93. 92, okay. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, they keep him around, but his his being the guy is done by ninety two. If those guys don't come there, and his cast of characters are the people that we know from AWA, yeah, Jake. Brody, I know you're, you're talking about Jake the Milkman Milliman. It's over. It's <laughs> over once mm-hmm. he's once he disposes of uh, of those two, Hanson and Brody. It's a wrap. Uh, you, you got it. You have to find other guys because God bless Beefcake. He's he's not the guy that you think is going to beat Hulk Hogan. Bruiser and Hanson, you mm-hmm. absolutely fear it. But in WWF, you oh, Stubbs taking him. Oh, Bundy's taking him. Oh, fucking Earthquake's taking him. Oh, Tugboat's taking him. So 
these dudes are just so massive. And then finally, Andre, who re- realistically did. It was a screw job, but he took the belt off him. First time mm-hmm. he lost the belt was to Andre in six years or whatever. No, four right. years. Okay. And now part two, and then we can close out this what if because this was very fun because I think it's very informative because, again, for Reflectionites, if you're on the Pro Wrestling Reflection Facebook page, leave the comments. I know down to Destruction, I'm giving you an assignment. Leave your comments and your ideas of Hogan in AWA. Philip Scott Wood, hopefully you're listening to this. Leave your comments in the Facebook Coupon. fan base. T- Coupon is going to be on the YouTube when this is uploaded. He's he's going to be like, I got ideas. He's got <laughs> ideas at the end game. I already I don't have to even say it, but T and Coupon, you know what to do on the YouTube. But let me ask you this: Part two, with the Hogan Ripple Effect, do you think in 2023, TW, we would be subscribed to the AWA Network on the Peacock or on HBO Max with the Hogan Ripple Effect drawing power? Do you think we get to this point right now? Nope. Why? Because I think you need Vince with Hogan for all that stuff to have. You had to have. Someone you don't. You don't think that. You don't think that Greg. Wait. You don't think Greg has the mental capabilities, or maybe even Bischoff, who was in the AWA at the time with the marketing and all that stuff, to stay we there. Saw what Bischoff did. I'm just. I'm just saying. Spend I'm giving you the hyperboles. I'm giving you hyperboles. I. I'm saying if Vern. If Greg could have done it, he would have done it. And he didn't. And they tried. They did Super Clash. They did Wrestle Rock. They did everything they could to stay, and they couldn't do it. And mm-hmm. and at the time, you know, again, who, who do you have? There's no one. Luger is the first legitimate guy that came on the scene after Hogan that someone could build around him the way they built around Hogan. Not Don't be blatantly copying him. But just make him the baby face blonde who just takes out everybody, right? And okay. no one took that chance on Luger. Vince did, and then he, he fucked it up himself. Oh, I wanted to win at WrestleMania, and then he didn't fucking do it. And it's like, you know, but I, I think Luger's another guy like Hall who got in his own way. You know what I mean? Like, I think Luger today is a humbled, grateful man. I think Luger in 1994, not so much. I think he was someone who believed his hype, whereas Hogan, and Vince were 18. These motherfuckers did it together. There was no, like, hey, what do you want to try next? What's your idea? What are you going to do? But I don't think Gagne had that in him. Either Gagne, right? Okay. And and I think I think they, eat, they had the same ambition, and they had the same drive to get it there. Mm-hmm. And I, I, just, I just think it doesn't work without the two. And I think the proof of that is, besides the AWA trying to do it on their own without him, by making the show the spectacle. Also, they had Hogan and didn't do it. So it's, it's mm-hmm. and and and, and it, again, if it, it boils down to trust issues, they're still there. It still happens. You know what I mean? Right. He, he, he's gone. And then they tried to do it with Slaughter. I don't think, I think if they did get Hogan, I don't think Vince does with Slaughter what he did with Hogan by far. Slaughter always looked like someone's uncle or grandpa, <clears throat> always. He never but, did, but he was a tough uncle. I get, I get where you go yeah. with this. So you, his you're saying that always, his toys always represent him as being in shape. That dude has never been in shape. He's always been built like a fucking offensive lineman with a receding hairline. And GI Joe made him look like a million bucks, but he so, never looked that way. And I, and so, I say that because not to rip on Slaughter. Slaughter's had a freaking awesome career. No, no, I, I get where you're going. I think, I, I think, think but the question to is, look at him and worship him. No, no, no. He the, has to look like the toy. 
Right. No, no, I get where you're going. I'm just saying the question is you don't believe that even the Hogan ripple effect for the AWA, we wouldn't get to this point of maybe the, I, the cable deals or the, the streaming deals. We nope. wouldn't get to that point even with the Hogan ripple effect. You are saying that Hogan and Vince, or just maybe Vince, Vince's acumen and Vince's marketing genius. Again, Vince is a market. I'm not going to deny that. He's a marketing genius. That's his greatest, you know, forte. And he's got That's more hits than misses. He's got more yeah. hits than okay. misses. So it, it's him to do what he has to do. But, but I, of course, I still think he needs Hogan. He doesn't do it without Hogan. Oh, so even with Vince, even Vince, you, we wouldn't even get the WWE Network without Hogan, too. So you're saying yeah. the yin and the room. yang. This room exists because of those two people, man. It, it, there's nothing will change my mind. And that's probably why I defend Vince so much. Yeah, I don't like what Vince is today. Well, right now I do because he ain't doing shit. But you know what I mean. I don't like yeah, what know. he became. I don't like anyone being stubborn and stuck in their old ways. You know, I was a young guy coming in the wrestling business and had to deal with old timers who wanted to do it the old way. And I'm like, mm -hmm. dude, it, it ain't that day anymore, man. Just embrace it. You know, like, we can still do old school stuff. I don't like what wrestling is today. Like, I, I think this to myself at least once a week. I think Travis has asked me this question. If he hasn't, I've asked him. One of us has asked it. If we were a kid now, would we still want to be a wrestler when we grew up? And in today's wrestling product, the answer is no. There's absolutely no way in hell. If he, but, was, a, if he was a kid now, you'd be a gamer. You wouldn't right, be a wrestler. But if I was a kid now, I'd also have a different mentality. So maybe I do like the flip-flop shit like that. And I did okay. the flip-flop stuff because I was little. But mm -hmm. it was it was like the midgets and the women. It was one match did it, not every match. So it was, it was easy niche. for me to stand out. Yeah. And and so now that every match does it, like that's, you know, again, I don't want to heal on AEW. I absolutely want you to do. succeed. You do, you do. No, Go ahead. But, but I have watched AEW shows. The one I went to live, four matches did the exact same spot. And that's something that's that's again the testament to Vince for being so anal and so all hands on. You're not gonna ever see that on WWF, and you haven't for 30 years. He that's why they have agents and they have the culture to go up and say, Hey man, what are you guys doing as a finish? so that we don't do it. That's mm -hmm. what they do. AEW, they all just go out and they're their own booker. Like the funniest thing I ever heard is is Jeff Hardy, when he first got there, walked around like, where's the writers? And they all laughed at him. We don't have writers. Well, it shows. Mm -hmm. As much as the writers suck sometimes on WWE, it's not the writing that makes it work. It's the structure. Right. And I'm pretty sure there's guys that go off and ad-lib. Like L.A. Knight, I'm pretty sure, goes out there with their little, what they want him to say, and adds his own flair to it. All right, but, well... Again, you you are in the sentiment that Vince and Hogan needed each other to get Absolutely. to where we are right now. And it probably would be one of the biggest what ifs because we don't even know. We can't predict that. What if future. Vince doesn't buy it from Vince Senior? There you go. Well that's Hogan's got we're not doing that. we haven't done we haven't done that show. We'll we'll do that <laughs> as a future what if. And with that being said, reflection nice, we close <laughs> on this what if. What if Hulkamania stayed in the AWA? It Lee, I will say this. This is where I'll close it. It leaves more questions than answers. Do you agree with that? So with that being said, no, because I I think it doesn't it doesn't work. I think no, I don't even think you and I know each other if Hogan stayed in the AWA. There would be no reflection right? if it wasn't for Hogan and that's, that's where that's where we're there's closing. there's no one we we talk about AWA fondly. We talk mm -hmm. about them like 
watching them every day at four o'clock on ESPN before it turned into global. We talk about, but we don't ever talk about AWA matches. We don't ever talk about AWA feuds unless it's the subject of the story. When we talk back on stuff, it's either NWA, it's WWF, or it's WCW. That's it. And I mean, I do throw some UWS stuff in there, like the Loser Lee Sound matches, the, mm-hmm. the turning of Terry Taylor on Chris Adams. I talk about that stuff, but we don't ever talk about AWA shit because there wasn't any. It was just a wrestling show without the sizzle. Okay, with that being said, we close on this special what if. What if Hogan stayed in the AWA? So what we're going to do next week, TW? I don't know. We might do episodic. We might go to the movies. We might do a rivalries. Or we might do a spotlight. But I'll keep you on your toes, Reflection Nights. I'll keep you on your toes. TW, give out those socials so we can get out of here. All righty. Hameen Media Group at podbean.com. Or you can hit them up on the channelattitude.com at HMG. Well, not at HMG. You just look them up, the Hameen Media mm-hmm. Group. Our show is at PW Reflection. Travis, I promised him if I ever mentioned him, since he's religiously listening, pun intended. Uh, his is at Nuts and Volts PW. That's V O E L T Z PW. Pastor Travis, if you have a suggestion, give yes. it to TW for a yes. future show and I'll do it. Yes. I and will bless you. Of course, Big Ray, we can't do it without him. At Big Ray Hernandez for anything. If you're looking for Big Ray, whatever social media app or grinder app you're on, Type in at Big Ray. You'll find them. Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, Facebook, um, probably Snapchat, and uh, Ashley Madison. Whatever. So mm-hmm. uh, that's there. And, ga- and Gator. Gator, yes. But definitely mm-hmm. Grinder. But um, right. And then, of course, there's me. At Tommy119 is my Instagram. It's also my my uh, Twitter where I take the gloves off. I'm not nice to people there. Snapchat is number wonder. Facebook.com backslash Tommy wonder. And then my nicety Twitter, which lately not so much because people just pissed me off and TikTok are at the Tommy wonder. Then we have the big veto and patreon.com backslash the big veto brand to, to check out, uh, Lagracio, is that how you say it? Uh, mm-hmm. Check out Noel and Big Vito and and hit them up on there. And then Dum Dum doing an idiot. We're supposed to be doing this hot whipped cream challenge. I keep telling, don't tell me what it is. Just tell me while we're recording it so I can't back out of it. But it sounds like I'm eating fire in the form of a whipped cream, which I'm sure is going to hurt me. Gasoline plus whipped cream plus a match, a lighter fluid. Oh, no eye contact. Just make sure that the hospital bed is waiting for you. And with that, you can follow me on my Twitter at PWSOPROF. That's PWSOPROF. And if this gets uploaded by A-Track Round, this will be on the PWSO YouTube networks. Follow my brothers, Billy Ray Valentine at Obi-Wan. You know me. And, of course, the king of the reactions, A-Track Brown at the number eight, T-R-A-C Brown. Again, what we're going to do next week, I'm going to keep you on your toes, Reflection Night. Keep you on your toes. And with that, I'm the professor. That's Mr. Wonderful. Tommy Wonder saying good night. And we'll see you next time here on the PWR Podcast at the PWR Networks at PowerBeam.com. Peace, brothers. What you gonna do? Brother.